0: Hey, everyone. We have a great episode for you today, starring Nate Freeman, who's an art market reporter for Art News. He's one of my favorite guests on the podcast, and he's going to recap Art Basel Miami Beach with us. A really great edition of the fair this year. But before we get into that, I want to thank everyone for an incredible 2017 of the podcast. We had more downloads and listens than we'd had in any other year previously, and uh, we couldn't have done it without you, so thanks so much again. And uh, looking forward to an incredible 2018 with tons of great guests. This week's episode of the Art Tactic Podcast is brought to you by ArtCloud. When I was in Miami for Art Basel, I actually had a chance to sit down with Alex West, founder of ArtCloud. He's a fantastic guy, really smart guy, and uh, ArtCloud's doing incredibly well, so I definitely recommend any gallery artists or collectors who are listening to check out ArtCloud. It's trusted by thousands of galleries, artists, and collectors worldwide, actually, and ArtCloud's an all-in-one art management solution, an integrated art marketplace. It's the fastest growing of its kind. You can use ArtCloud's marketplace to discover and buy exceptional pieces tailored for your taste. You can share your favorites with friends and fellow art enthusiasts, and you can even use the app to visualize artwork in your own space, so whether it's your gallery or your home. If you're an artist or a gallery, plug into ArtCloud's best-in-class art management platform. That includes easy-to-use client and inventory management, sales assistance, and the opportunity to grow your business by listing your art on ArtCloud's booming marketplace. So, are you ready to explore ArtCloud? Registration's free, so sign up now on ArtCloud.com. That's spelled A-R-T-C-L-D.com. Thanks for listening to the Art Tactic Podcast. I'm Adam Green. In this week's episode, we're here with Nate Freeman, Senior Staff Writer at Art News, to discuss and break down Art Basel, Miami Beach, which occurred last weekend in Miami. Nate, thanks so much for coming back on. How was your time in Miami?
1: Uh, it was great. It uh, you know It is just a world-class fair in a very warm city, so can't complain.
0: Uh-huh, you're <laughs> absolutely right. So before we dissect the, this year's edition of our Basel, I thought it would be nice to take a step back and really set the scene for our audience who hasn't been to Miami for our Basel. A lot of visitors attend, and they have the same agenda, really. They want to hit certain museums, certain fairs, certain private museums. This year, what were some of the most common activities and visits on people's agendas during their trip to Miami?
1: Well, for this fair, while the fair is the most important thing going on, I cannot tell you how many dozens upon dozens of other, you know, other fairs, uh, museum openings, gallery openings, dinners, parties, pop-ups, all of this is happening across the city and it's all happening at the same time. There are people who go down to Art Basel Miami Beach without even going into the fair. It really is uh, a landscape unlike any other. Some of the, you know, most exciting things that were happening upon the fair, um, you had a bunch of museum openings. Both the uh, Bass Museum, which is in Miami Beach, and the uh, ICA Miami, uh, were open this year. Um, The Bass had been under construction. Uh, for renovations for two years, and the ICA was being built. So, this is their their debuts for both of them uh, one, you know, a debut post renovations and one, a shimmering new building. And it was so exciting to look at both of them. The Mika Ro- uh, Rodenberg show at the Bass was fabulous, absolute must see. And the ICA had a bunch of incredible work of art that was uh, on loan from. Uh, some of its board members, such as the uh, the Brahmin family. Um, and so uh, I think a lot of people went through those two museums. Also, the Perez in Miami um, had a lot of fabulous stuff up. So that occupied uh, a lot of people's agendas for the first day or two before the fair even opened. Um, uh, so, yeah, I think those were really the highlights.
0: So being down there, I think the most commonly asked question is, so what would you think of the fair? So... At the main fair, Art Basel, Miami, what was the consensus as to how this fair compared to previous editions?
1: I was hearing that it was a little bit slower, um, that the usual rush at the very beginning of the fair wasn't happening quite like it has in years past. That being said, last year saw record low attendance numbers. I think a lot of people were worried about the Zika virus scare that was going through Miami last year as well as sort of uneasiness post-election. Uh, uh, so I think attendance was overall higher throughout the entire run of the fair, but it didn't have that same kind of immediate urgency. And from talking to dealers and some collectors, it seems like that's the case because a lot of these booths are just pre-sold um, before the uh, the doors even open. So you don't have this uh, mad dash to get to the Gagosian booth, say, before they sell out all of their, um, uh, I don't know, they're Joe Bradleys or something. <laughs> um, you know, like they're pre-sold. Um, but you know, as the day went on, uh, I, I think a lot of people were selling. Um, a lot of huge items were went even in the first opening hours. Hauser and Worth, uh, they sold a work by Bruce Nauman for nine point five million, which is pretty remarkable for that artist almost this auction record. And you don't really see auction records being eclipsed at art fairs. It's just not that kind of, of selling. Um, and also, I think what what sort of tripped up some people was there was a bit of a tweak to the floor plan. A lot of people who come to Art Basel Miami Beach every year, they sort of have muscle memory that takes them you know, from one gallery to another as they make their way through the convention center. But this year with the renovation still underway at the convention center. They moved some booths around, um, which I think confused a few people. That being said, there was more room with the new floor layout. Um, I think uh, it was a more attractive layout because they got rid of these old carpets that they used to have. Um, the lighting was better. So I think once people found the galleries that they were trying to find, they bought work and they had, you know, had an enjoyable time at the fair. That's That's the impression that I got.
0: Now that you've had about a week to reflect on this year's fair, which galleries would you say had the best booths, as well as the most talked-about booths?
1: Work that's brought to a fair is a very specific type. It really has to hold someone's attention um, against, you know, hundreds of other booths. So, you know, it's it's going to be a little bit less subtle than uh, you know uh, any other place of view art. That being said, you can have some incredible, incredible displays. Uh, with that in mind, um, you know, the Ava Preston Hoover booth had a solo booth of work uh, by Ugo Rondonone, including this enormous tree sculpture um, that just it was impossible to miss and ended up selling for, uh, I think it was $1.2 million. Um And there were a few of his other more recognizable colored rock sculptures that were also there. Um, and that, you know, that uh, dovetailed very nicely with his, show at the Bass museums you know a lot of um dealers like bringing work by artists who also have uh a museum show in miami if possible what else i loved the booth by uh new york's david lewis gallery it had an enormous work by lucy dodd that i thought was fabulous it was too big to hang on the wall so it was sort of leaning on a corner there and and that was just a spectacular booth it was it was paired with some chandelier works by don casper um The Sadie Coles booth was was one that everyone was talking about. It had an enormous work by the artist Jordan Wolfson, um, who uh, is not really known for his subtlety, uh, and it works for him. This was uh, a giant red face that was affixed with a bunch of hooks and and chains, and that was really stunning. Uh, Also, the Sadie Coles booth was a big one of Fisher's wax works that are intended to be melted down. this was of the his fellow artist Adam McEwen um, in Basel this year. The Gagosian booth had a similar Fisher uh, wax work of the collector and patron Bruno Bishopberger, and that was a highlight of that fair um, so those are three booths that that i I really found to be embracing this sort of uh, art fair uh, em- love of spectacle, but with uh, an eye for truly great work uh, and 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 a good presentation of it.
0: Leading up to the fair, there was a lot of speculation that there would be a lot of art at this year's fair that referenced the divided country, politics, culture, etc.
1: Was that actually the case? Well, it's an interesting question because this is something that I was expecting to see when I came into the fair when it opened at 11 a.m. on Wednesday morning. I was asking around Uh, beforehand to see if there was going to be a political event again because what we saw last year was an astounding number of galleries switched up their booths entirely after the election which was just unheard of this is weeks before not even just like you know 15 days before the fair opens and you're throwing out your booth plan because you want to respond to what happened in the election and that was a pretty unprecedented thing so this year you know that there wasn't an event that happened two weeks ago that uh, dealers were responding to in terms of the work they were bringing. I think that in in a more like nuanced way, some of the the work that was brought was, I, I guess, making reference to the political landscape at the moment without uh, very you know pointedly saying it. I, I think that the most uh, clear example of this was uh, at the Blum and Poe booth. Last year, Blev and Poe brought a work by the artist Sam Durant, a text work that just said uh, on, in black writing on orange, end white supremacy. And that was, of course, one of the most talked about works in the fair. And this year they brought another uh, Sam Durant work, but it was you know, a little more subtle. It said, speak the truth even if your voice shakes. So I think the difference between those two works, both by, by the same gallery and by the same artist, kind of speak to the difference between last year's uh, political sort of bend and, and, and this year's.
0: So overall, how are the sales at this year's fair? And also I'm curious, with the whole art world going down to Miami, the collectors, the galleries, the dealers, no one really mentions the artists. Are there a lot of artists who come down to Miami for the fair?
1: Well, I I think just overall sales seem to be, you know, very solid. Um, I think at this point the market itself is strong and galleries know how to bring the right work for the clients that they know will be in Miami or maybe even, uh, um, discover some new clients while they're down there. It's just a, it's a well-established place to have an art fair. Um, and so, yeah, I said earlier, the sales at Basel were slow, um, but eventually picked up at NADA, Miami. The sales were pretty uh, strong immediately. Um, and I know a number of booths at that fair that sold out very quickly. Um, as far as artists who were around, you know, you'd be surprised that that sometimes artists don't like going and watching their art being sold at a fair. They they find it a little bit uncomfortable. I was talking to one artist. I I, I guess I, I shouldn't name him necessarily, but uh, he was giving me a talk, At Basel, so he had to be there. But instead of going to the fair, he said he sat in his hotel for 48 hours straight. Wow. Didn't go to a party, didn't go to a dinner, did not even think to go to the fair, even though his dealer was selling work by him out of the booth very successfully. You know, no reason to hide, except just didn't want to deal with with the idea of a fair. That being said, if you went by the Hauser and Wirth booth, who did you see? Mark Bradford, standing right there, selling his own work. $5 $5 million. It was an incredible sight to see. You know, he's a really tall guy, so even within all the madness of Art Basel's opening day, you're not going to miss Mark Bradford if he's standing in the House and Worth booth. Um, so that was exciting. And then, you know, and Nada, you saw a few more artists around. I guess it's a more chill landscape. Uh, at the 56 Henry booth, Cynthia Talmage was there, effectively just acting as her own dealer, selling her work. And, and I think that was very charming. And then taking it to the next level, um, the dealer, Joel Mesler, who runs Rental Gallery in East Hampton, New York, was uh, selling work that he made himself. So he was both the dealer and the artist. Um, He sold out his booth, and by the end of the fair, he was just painting portraits for people for $100 because he had no more art to sell. Pretty amazing to see. But, you know, I mean, Miami does bring out a lot of artists. You know who I saw? I saw the artist, Drake, and he performed, and it was a lot of fun. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> Different kind of artist, but Different kind still of enjoyable artist, still an artist, Yes. <laughs> uh Well, Nate, we really appreciate you coming on and recapping course, Art Basel for us and uh, talking about what you saw, what you liked, what you didn't like, and really helping us uh, figure out where the market is at the moment. Uh, our listeners should definitely check out all of your writing if they don't already. Um, really enjoy your work. And you're also on Twitter tweeting about the art market often. What's your Twitter name for our listeners if they don't it, follow already?
1: It is. N Freeman1234.
0: Perfect. Nate, thanks so much again. We always appreciate it.
1: Adam, thank you for having me on.
0: Thanks to our trusted sponsor, ArtCloud, for sponsoring this week's episode of the Art Tactic Podcast. ArtCloud's trusted by thousands of galleries, artists, and collectors worldwide. ArtCloud's all-in-one art management solution, an integrated art marketplace, is the fastest growing of its kind. You can use ArtCloud's Marketplace to discover and buy exceptional pieces of art tailored for your taste, you can share your favorites with friends or fellow art enthusiasts, and you can use the app to visualize artwork in your own space. So, if you're an artist or gallery, plug into ArtCloud's best-in-class art management platform, including easy-to-use client inventory management, sales assistance, and the opportunity to grow your business by listing your art on ArtCloud's booming Marketplace. Are you ready to explore ArtCloud? Registration is free, so you should definitely sign up now on artcloud.com. That's A R T C L D.com.